2: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: Hi, welcome to the Football Writer's Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by John Cross of the Daily Mirror, and Adrian Clark of the thepremierleague.com. Will the real Manchester City please stand up? Are they the team which won 10 straight or the team without a win in three? We'll probably find out at the Camp Nou. They've lost four times to Barca in three years. Any different this time, John?
2: I can't see it, no. I do think there's a lot of emotion attached to the game, clearly, with Guardiola going back. I know it's not his first time back, but I do think it will be... A wonderful occasion for him. I think he'll be determined to set up City in a way that they try and get a result. And by which I mean, I think I find it impossible to believe that he'd go there to defend solely. (laughs) So I do think he'll be ambitious with his lineup. But I think every time you see Barcelona, I think that the wonderful thing about them is they're so rarely a cracker under pressure. They always perform... I mean, the, the front three is on fire again. And listen, I, I thought it was fascinating to see what Guardiola's assertion that La Liga was just as competitive and the Premier League. It's a myth that it's more intense than other leagues because I just don't see it like that. I think Barcelona were able to rest and rotate, substitute players early, like Suarez, on, on you know, on the weekend, for example, because that's the luxury that they're in. They're a much further developed team. I think they're, they're much further down the line than Man City. Man is a work in progress under Guardiola, and I think it's a very daunting prospect. So... In answer to the original question, (laughs) I can only see one winner, and that's Barcelona. What have we learned about Pep so far, Adrian, do you think? Well, how
3: much tactical variety he's got and how willing he is to experiment and try new things. I think that's the most impressive part of his start at the Etihad. It's the way that he's made the players rethink about the way they play the game. And he's he's got instant results in terms of performance levels. I mean, it's not so much the formations that he's picking, it's the jobs that he's asking different players to do they're so different really to to what went before under Pellegrini well Saturday against Everton's the case in point isn't it you've got
0: Sterling and Sane basically wing backs playing very wide
3: for for me that's not the future for for Sane and Sterling Uh, but the way he wants to play is to have five defensive players and five attacking players and he wants to monopolize the ball the problem with Guardiola is brilliant, he's an innovative coach. But if he's got a fault, it's that sometimes he can try and be too clever for his own good. And I think if he tries to tinker too much, then, he, then City could slip up at times this season. And I don't know if I would be going to the new camp with Sterling and Sane as the wing backs. I think that would be a very risky game to play. Um, they want to monopolize the ball, they will create chances against Barcelona, but will they hog possession? I, I can't see it. Uh, Do they have good enough defensive players to cope with the the front three? Not in my view.
0: It was interesting listening to Andres Iniesta uh, talking about Raheem Sterling and there was real respect in his view of him. You've seen Sterling, John, with his high points and his low points. What's your
2: gauge of where he is at the moment? I think he's in a really good place under under Guardiola. I think he'll develop as a player. I think he's uh, strengthened physically. I think he's strengthened mentally. I thought what was interesting was, and, and, and albeit just watching extended highlights, every time I looked to see City pressing on the box, it seemed to me that sort of Sterling in his role on Saturday, as Adrian was mentioned, a virtual back basically was on the periphery of attacks. And I just don't think that that was getting the best out of him. He didn't seem to be joining in, and I think that's more of a fault of the system than the player. I also think I wonder whether actually we'll see the best of him on Wednesday night simply because is he going to be fully fit having pulled out the England squad but I think that he's got so much potential and I think it's going to be I think, unlocked under Guardiola. On paper, it makes sense
3: in a way to get as many attacking players on the pitch as possible and you think, OK, we're going to have the ball. Sterling's going to, OK, he's wing-back, but he's really a winger. The issue is, I've been a winger that's been used as a wing-back. Didn't didn't go brilliantly. <laughs> gotta say. But having nobody behind you just can play on your mind a little bit. And it, as you rightly point out, it makes you just hold back and you don't want Raheem Sterling 1v1 against the Barcelona wide players, do you? At all.
0: Mm, mm.
3: And Aguero, mm. Perfect player, apart from penalties. <laughs> yeah, 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 He's Mr a isn't he? Yeah. Um, and yeah, but he's he's a class act. And uh, yeah, he was obviously safe for this game.
0: And he's the sort of player who'd respond to the new cam, isn't he Look,
3: I think City are sensational going forward. They are almost as good as Barcelona going forward, in my view. Wonderful, De Bruyne is just a fabulous footballer, and the interchanging, the movement, the fluidity, cohesion of all the attacks. It's outstanding. It's without the ball. W- what Are City good enough to go deep into the Champions League when they don't have the ball? At the moment, they're a million miles away from that. Mm. It's
0: interesting, you know, Luis Enrique is also experimenting. He played 3-5-2 when they beat Depo 4-0 on the weekend. What type of setup do you think
2: they'll have against City? I, I do think they'll go a little bit more traditional and I do feel that they'll go out... To win this game with a more traditional lineup, and I they want to, they want to beat Pep, won't they? Well, they will want to beat Pep, and it, I think it's so important. I think for his own confidence, I think Luis Enrique, because we haven't seen them consistently brilliant under him. I think they've reached some great heights, but I don't think that they've dominated. I don't think in Europe or domestically in the way that we felt that they would. They've produced some brilliant individual performances. I mean, absolutely breathtaking attacking displays, particularly in Europe last season when they were great to watch. I mean, I remember watching, you know, the Arsenal game, for example, and Celtic. I know people might say, well, it was, it was Celtic. Make no mistake, they, they were awesome in that game. They were absolutely fantastic. And they always find a nice, Rhythm, but I do think that they will be a little bit more open, a little bit more expansive. They won't fear this game, and they will play through midfield and create so many chances. I think for that front three, I think it's incredibly difficult, daunting task for City in front. Mm. And speaking of awesome, mm. uh, Messi. Mm. Twelve years he's been there now. It was his twelfth
3: anniversary last weekend. Twenty nine trophies. He's back from injury. Back with a bang. Well, yeah, it would appear so, and uh, he's just a class act. He's just an amazing player, hands down. Is he the best, best ever? Hands down, the greatest player of all time. I don't think it's even close. Obviously, Pele. It wasn't from my era. I've seen the DVDs, and uh, when I was a kid, loved watching Pele. Um, but in terms of my lifetime, you know, understanding the game, he's so much better than anybody else, including Cristiano, who, who's great in his own right as a powerful, athletic. Foot, modern day footballer but Messi is the most gifted most natural footballer we've ever seen and who is going to be able to stop him in this game I, I look at the city city side and you know you can't make plans for Messi can you I, I can just see him wreaking havoc yeah what do you think John because I'm a bit of a Maradona man myself you know, mm. mate, basically because I'm
0: an old codger you know? <laughs> um, you know he had to me there was a, a vivacity about him but there was that self-destruct button which, which he pressed on a fairly regular mm. basis
2: What about you? Because Messi, is he the perfect player? He's a wonderful player. He's got amazing individual technique. But I do categorise him as a team player. And that's not a bad thing. Mm. But it's just, I think, when we talk about individuals and great individuals of the past, Mm. I look upon the Diego Maradona, for example, uh, as the most incredible player. Because in the 1986 World Cup... The force of nature. Yeah. And basically, I thought the quarter-finalists were on a level... There was one thing that made Argentina different and and obviously ultimately world champions, and that's Maradona. He could go out and win games on his own and he Mm. would give them that lift. And for me, why I choose, when they were both at their peak, uh, Ronaldo over Messi, is because he had that ability. (laughs) Yeah, I do, I do. I I go for Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo over over Messi. I do, because I think as an individual, purely as an individual, I think he can. Get, he could have in his day, mm. and I'm not saying that that day <laughs> is anymore. But for for both Real Madrid mm. uh, and uh, Portugal, go and win games mm. on his yeah. own. And I just feel that that Messi didn't, doesn't, and didn't, and doesn't have well, that quite. It's in his different
3: it, when you play for Barcelona. It's different. It, it, Maradona was playing for an average Napoli team, an average Argentina, and lifted them to the heights. I think. It, that was a special achievement in its own right. And an achievement that Maradona won't ever have the chance to try and replicate because he's playing in a great team already. Do you miss, so, Messi, yeah, Messi, yeah, Messi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: um, so, but yeah. hasn't he done with Argentina in major tournaments? That would be my... Yeah. That would be. I, I know it's become a bit of a cliche in Messi and major tournaments and player of the tournament i and mean, do me a favour last time out. <laughs> but I just think with Messi, if he's that amazing, and he truly is, obviously... Yeah. But he goes and wins Argentina tournaments, yeah. and he hasn't the, done that. The thing about Messi, you
0: know, he's playing, as is Ronaldo, in a really pressurised environment. You have to be world-class every week. Barcelona get through managers on a fairly rapid lick. A lot of talk about Ronald Koeman being a potential Barca manager. What do you think about that? I think he's pointing himself in
2: that direction. I think he is taking very obvious steps moving into the Premier League, doing a fine job at Southampton. Then he's taken a step to the next level. And without doubt, I feel that at some point in his career, there will be an opportunity for him to manage, as an ex-player, Barcelona. Because I I just think it also fits the philosophy, doesn't it? I think he plays the way that Barcelona see it. I think he obviously fits the football club because he has that connection with them. He's doing a wonderful job. Everton I know you know I think he's seen I think as a mix of old school because he doesn't I don't think embrace everything about science and about kind of the way to move forward and sometimes he's regarded as being a bit old school in that regard but at the same time you can see his tactics and he's, his individual and his disciplinarian instincts he, as well he's, he, he's intelligent tactically I'd say he's right up there in the top
3: three in terms of tactical brain power in the Premier League but he's got that ruthless streak and I love that about him he He's not afraid to make dramatic changes, be it at half-time or early in the second half. And I think that sets him apart from a lot of the other guys. He will either make Ross Barkley or he'll break him. Yeah, well, yeah, I just don't. I still don't think he's sure about Ross Barkley and where he can fit into the Everton team. Really, I think it's it's down to Ross to go back to basics a little bit, simplify his game a touch. And start again almost because at the moment he's neither an effective number ten or a proper box to box midfielder. He's just he's losing the ball so often, Ross Barkley. And I think well, could we saw it with mm. he He's not having it. Is he? No. <laughs> he mm. will not tolerate it. No. Elsewhere in the group, Celtic, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach.
0: I was quite frankly surprised they drew with City. Uh, you were there.
2: Give me a flavour of what a European light is like. It's. Incredibly intense, it's overwhelming, it's intimidating, it's so loud. There's no doubt about it. Some of those city players have played in incredible atmospheres and incredible occasions. But I just feel that some of them were affected by it because of the incredible atmosphere that absolutely breathed life into Celtic, who have, let's be honest here, have had some ups and downs both domestically and in Europe. This season. Obviously, the previous game got absolutely battered by Barcelona, but they were able to reach an incredible height. They've got a really special player in Dembele. He's going to reach the top, in my view. He's going to be a Premier League star in the future. You know, because I think he will come south. But I think he's got him Brendan Rogers, a brilliant manager who can develop him. But the other thing that really struck me was the intensity and the, the speed with which they played and their pressing game within the first 20 minutes. That was so reminiscent of Liverpool under Brendan Rodgers when they went so close to winning the title. It's the hallmark of a Rodgers team. That, together with that incredible atmosphere, gives them such an intensity, such an energy, which I believe can result in in a huge upset If everything comes together and they play as well as they did against Man City, against Gladbach, they can win the game. Because in essence, and I know this will probably upset
0: a few people north of the border, what people like Dembele, who I agree with you, is going to be a heck of a player, and Rodgers are doing, they're in a very big shot
3: window, the Champions (laughs) League, and basically they're playing to go south again, aren't they? Quite possibly. I do think Brendan Rodgers is enhancing his reputation at Celtic. Yeah, we knew he was a good coach already. But that was a wonderful managerial performance against Manchester City. Celtic have got no right to be drawing with Manchester City player for player. They're not in the same division. you're bang on. I think they are a championship team, really, Celtic. If they don't play with that tempo and intensity, and if the atmosphere isn't right, they're championship level. With the two... With that unbelievable pressing, the the high-octane style and the noise, they can compete with the very best. We've seen that now. But Rogers, I think, is going to, um, well, get some big jobs in the future. He's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you were both at Arsenal at the weekend.
0: Uh, they're playing Ludo Goretz in the Champions League. Uh, you did a re- really good piece for I may say so. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, on Walcott. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you look at him as an England player,
2: does he get inferior service to the service that he gets at Arsenal? I think he's playing in a certainly different way. I think he's developed this season under Wenger and I do think he does get inferior service. There, there cannot be a coincidence. It's not just Theo Walcott doing it at his club and then not doing it at England. I'm, I'm kind of sick and tired of people sort of saying, oh, why can't he produce that form? We, we need to be looking at why England can't get the best out of form players and, and replicate form in England shirts of those players that are doing it week in and week out in, in the Premier League. There must be a reason. I think it's partly obviously extenuating circumstances at the moment, three managers in three months... <laughs> Um, Royalton didn't even take him to the Euros Allardyce just had him as a substitute Um, Gareth Southgate now clearly fancies him we've known that he always put a lot of store in in him when he was under 21 manager but I think what has taken Theo Walcott on a bit this season is getting a personal trainer in the summer he's stronger you can see that he really is much physically stronger he's playing a slightly different role he's slightly tucked in and it's not just you're out and out right winger and I think the way he tracks back gives Bellerin protection he works much harder He should have scored a hat-trick, but in his defence, he scored twice. One showed amazing strength, the other one was a poacher's finish. And then then I do actually think, in the latter part of the game, he chased every ball down, every defender down. Mm. He's working much better, and I think it's a challenge for England to utilise that talent. So if he's physically stronger, is he... Psychologically strong. Definitely,
3: um, well, it looks like Walcott's been taking angry pills. He, he's so much more aggressive now. It's and it's lifted his game from one level to a different plane. It really has. It's that much of a difference. It's a perfect storm. He's got Hector Beyer in behind him, who I think the combination between those two works beautifully because. Theo is coming inside into a pocket and then Hector is coming on the outside. That's working beautifully. Alexis up top is the perfect striker for Theo Walcott because he won't stay there. Not like Olivier Giroud, a brick wall that that just bounces, passes off him. Alexis comes short all the time and that's just tailor-made for Theo to make those runs in behind. Those are two reasons. The third is the type of football Arsenal are playing this season is quicker and it has to be, because you've got Alexis up front. They need to pass between the lines much, much faster. And when Arsenal move the ball quickly, that is when Theo's runs are rewarded. And, uh, yeah, it's a perfect storm for him, and Arsenal have just got to keep it up. If Arsenal keep up their form, I believe Theo will. Mm-hmm. Best balanced Arsenal side since
0: the Invincibles?
2: Oh. I mean, they've gone close in the past. They should have won it in, in 2008. Arguably, so it's always difficult to say, but I think yes, arguably yes. I do think that they've got a really good mix and I think, I think Mustafi's been a great signing. I think he's got a great sort he's, of kind of... He's you know, a character, yeah, he's, he, he is, gets yeah. people going, doesn't yeah, it? And he? And I does. think him and
3: Koscielny are centre-forward's worst nightmare in a way. They'll make mistakes because they're aggressive and they want to get tight, but as we saw with the hand, the handling of Costa was, I think, a seminal moment in Arsenal's season. Arsenal always get bullied by Costa... Mm. But those two took it upon themselves to dish out the bullying themselves, and it worked. Mm. And I think now they've found a blueprint there. They can do that. They should not no longer be afraid to mix it with any front pair or individual striker. They're a good partnership Mm. in the making.
0: Mm.
3: Venga had the begging bowl out after the game, didn't (laughs) he?
0: Can you give me a bank so I can sort out Ozil's (laughs) wage demands? Johnny Northcroft was here last week, and he said it is absolutely essential
2: that Arsenal keep him. Do you agree? Absolutely. I mean, he's just brilliant. I mean, <laughs> we, we see a lot of him. And, and basically, I still think somewhere from, from deep within, people, some people who don't see Arsenal regularly just do not understand how good he is and they're still relying on that kind of difficult first season if you like, if you like, really. He has gone on to a completely different he's level. Good. It's amazing. You know, and, Ursa, uh, and they they really they must keep him, mustn't yeah. they? I mean I do, I do enough, actually but, uh, think he will. Yeah, Erzo
3: is good enough or has the potential to be in Arsenal's best ever eleven. He honestly he's really that uh, good. Absolutely. I'll put him in my uh, best Vanguard eleven. Yeah. Uh, well He's amazing. He, he is right up there. He, he's a footballer. It's just a dream to play with. I wish I could have played with Mesut Ozil. I would lucky enough to play with Dennis, who was brilliant, but Mesut Ozil is a, is a dream. Um, they, they do have to pay the money. I think he would like to stay. When I see his body language, he just looks at home. I think he's happy. The team is built around his strengths. The only reason that he wouldn't stay, I think, is, is for financial reasons. Arsenal just have to match what other clubs would be prepared to pay him and they won't want to do it, but you've got to. Mm. What about Tottenham, John? They're at Bayer
0: Leverkusen. They've got to deal with injuries, really, for the mm. first time. That defence, you know, Older Vareild, looks like a, a relatively serious knee injury mm. by the look of things. Have
2: they got the depth to excel in this competition? Yes, because I think Vimmer will come in and, again, take up the mantle. I mean, they've also obviously got the option with Dyer. then you can use and Yama where possible but I think you've got to look to Wimmer in, in that situation in fairness to him I think people thought that they might mm. drop off in form last season when Vertonghen got injured. Mm. Vimmer came in and actually had a decent run of form, which made you think, oh, not missing Vertonghen after all. I think the difference is that Alderweireld is the absolute defensive kingpin. There's few better defenders of centre-halves than him in, in the Premier League, together with Vertonghen, brilliant pairing, and that's the difference. It's that's just, why they're missing, but I think Vimmer will be good individual.
3: Alderweireld's distribution... He's undervalued as well as part of this Tottenham team. No one, I don't think, actually no one in the Premier League, no centre-half, can ping a crossfield pass to a full-back better than he can. And that forms such a key part of Tottenham's strategy. So, so yeah, he'll be missed, but Bim is a good player. The Spurs are just solid, aren't they? I mean, tactically... They are a they're, they're absolute yeah. beast, and, aren't they? they? are based, And and in the, down the middle of the pitch, they're really strong. And I, I like what Pochettino has done with his midfield configuration. It makes sense to go 4-1, 4-1. And it's uh, he's, he's got one Yama or Dyer. Dembele isn't needed as much. He was so so much of a reliance on him Mm. last year. They don't need him anymore, even though he's a great player. So you've got his sport for choice in those two attacking midfield positions. You know, Dembele, Eriksen, so so many, uh, Ali, so many options for him but yeah they're a really solid team but yeah. they ain't going away
2: no they're not and I think Dembele is a really uh, interesting one I think Dembele is one of the most underrated players in, in mm. Premier League up there with the top three midfielders from, in my book mm. from last season mm. we've not seen the best of him yet simply this season because obviously he's missed a, a huge chunk of it and is yet to hit his kind of level having come back from that extended suspension mm. he'll give Spurs even more bite. Spurs I think can win the league they remind, remind me of Leicester they remind me of Leicester
3: in, in regards to their team ethic mm. uh, they, they just don't gift you anything oh, the old Leicester, not <laughs> the <laughs> current one um, they just don't gift you anything and I mean they could have stuffed West Brom, couldn't they? They could apart from Ben Foster, they should have had a hat for I think in the last Champions League game in, in Moscow, they just they tore CSKA apart I mean it could have been any score really so yeah, they will be there at thereabouts in the Premier League, I can see them if they get the luck of the draw, going quite far in, the, in this competition, the Wembley factor is just the one hurdle mm. to overcome, isn't it? Yeah. You're at Leicester on mm. Tuesday
0: night, John. What has happened to them? No
3: organisation?
2: No motivation? Where are they going? I think there's major problems there. And I do think that last season, they built a whole season about doing the basics right and they've completely forgotten that. I think Wes Morgan is defending on the first goal. We didn't do that once all season last year, Mm. and he left Costa alone. I think Drinkwater hasn't quite reached, and you do wonder whether someone like the Drinkwater... That we're seeing at the moment, admittedly, he's been at, You know, he's just come back from injury, which forced him out of England contention. But basically, is he going to reach last season's levels on a consistent basis? You know, kind of, you, you almost feel, well, will the real drink water stand up? Vardy is now what seven without, and basically. I think Vardy's still making runs and still showing a hunger and a desire, but he hasn't got someone playing alongside him like Okazaki last season, um, Joa, you know, as well did it, who will feed him, who will hold the ball up, get ball into feet and then turn and look for, for Vardy on the, on the sprint and on the turn. That's missing. I think sometimes, you know, managers... I think when you have a level of success you can try and take the next step too quickly mm. and in some of those signings that would appear to me they're obviously missing Kante but I do think that the Ranieri's maybe tried to run before he can walk in, in those sort of terms.
0: What about
3: Mares? Mm. Because there's that link it doesn't exist anymore with Vardy, does it? Yeah, no, I wrote a piece for Premier League um, ahead of that game in three away games or all their away games Mares found Vardy two times the whole season. Um, the last two away games, prior to Stamford Bridge, Mares didn't find Vardy with a single pass. And what's going on there? Um, it, other teams are clearly wisened up to the threat that Mares poses, and Vardy, of course. And I think Slomani, I think you're right to touch on that. Okazaki, it wasn't so much that Okazaki fed Vardy, it was just the nuisance factor of Okazaki distracted opposition teams to such an extent that it created space for Vardy. Now, Slomani, in a way... He's a prop, Well, he's a proper centre-forward. He wants to go in the areas where Vardy wants to go. So, in essence, he's getting half as many opportunities. And actually, when I looked at the stats, it is almost that. He's, 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 his conversion rate is the same as it was last year, Vardy. He's just getting half as many opportunities. And it's actually, he is the foil for Slomani. He has teed up Slomani several times, Vardy, as he got it back, as he had that reciprocated nah mm. so there's a combination of things here so uh, shall we start the rumour at Vardy for Arsenal
2: now for show? <laughs> Oh, I don't know what he thinks I mean you know it's, it's it, uh, well he'd be
3: on the bench at Arsenal now wouldn't he with Alexis but, yeah. but it's funny how things turn out because he, he may well have been the primary striker at Arsenal if he would had gone and Alexis might not have had his chance to go up top mm. uh, it is strange how it works out but I mean the pair of them they must be looking at it now thinking, oh, maybe mm. I should have gone mm. while I had the chance. Well, I
2: don't think yeah. for Mares, I don't think it was for the want of trying. I mean, it was fascinating <laughs> to see, you know, sort of him, him say kind of, oh, I was sort of tapped up by this. Well, I have to say, from what I hear, there was only one person doing the tapping up and that was Mahrez's legion of agents trying to get him a move. <laughs> yeah. And he's eventually, he's worked for him because he signed a you know, new contract, but... Yeah. You know, I think the sooner Ranieri gets back to those kind of basics, and he's doing it in the Champions League, by the way. Yeah. It could virtually qualify, you know, with with another win, and you know that that's fantastic. Maybe that's the adventure they need. Yeah, if Leicester are developing players, perhaps for other clubs, yeah. that's what Southampton
0: do, isn't yeah. it? Now they're unbeaten in seven, yeah. a Europa League game at Inter.
3: Yes. They're going right under the radar, aren't they? I think so, yeah, I rate them. I, I like the new manager. I think he's, Claude Porel is a fairly seamless transition again. Uh, they're defensively rock solid. He, he, he builds from a solid platform. I think Virgil van Dijk is a really underrated player. Another one who's, who basically got in the shop window at Celtic. Yeah, I, yeah. he came from Celtic. People, Is he good enough for the Premier League? Yeah, he is good enough. He's easily good enough to play for a number of the top sides. I mean, you compare his performances to that of Wes Morgan this season. It should be Virgil van Dijk in the Champions <laughs> League and not, not Morgan, based on their current form. Um, so, no, they're, they're solid. They play lovely football. I think Dusan Tadic, with others leaving, uh, Mane in particular, I think it's just paved the way for him to be their main man now. Created
0: 22 chances yeah, that, in his first seven games. that wasn't
3: the case before. He was always on the periphery, used out wide. He's got this free role. And I think he's a class act, Santadic. I think he's a really creative player. And uh, yeah, Southampton again—they're going to be easily top ten, mm. aren't they? Mm. And I believe they'll beat Inter Milan. Inter Milan have been pretty poor in Europe so far this season. I don't think they're taking it seriously. This could be a really good night down at St Mary's. I think they'll enjoy themselves. And what about Charlie
0: Austin, John? You know, seven goals in six games. People poo-poo him a bit and talk about his you know, biscuit, biscuit <laughs> kneecaps and stuff like that. He is.
2: a a very very good striker by anyone's imagination isn't he yeah i think he is what i like more than anything about him is the way that he's responded because there were clear doubts i mean if you look at him for injuries and form i thought oh he's he's actually not going to make it at southampton because he was just a figure on the periphery really even at the start of the season he was struggling to kind of justify his place in the team when he's had the opportunity and actually grasped it, I think, originally and, and took it really well in Europa League, I think he's just shown his worth. He's got a desire and a hunger. I mean, he's got an insatiable appetite for goals. I mean, by the way, the header that Tom Heaton kept out early on was just no, the Tom save of the, the season. Save, Incredible. Absolutely remarkable. And I do think that he's just a good old-fashioned striker. Yeah. And he was called up for England, wasn't he, at the same, at the same time as, as Vardy. He didn't quite... Crack on, but I wonder whether, in the absence of too many options up front at the moment, whether they'll have another look at him. My suspicion yeah. is probably not, but I'd like to see them have a look, mm-hmm. maybe. And in the experimental, they've got one, you know, a friendly against Spain. So why not? Yeah.
0: The other Europa League tie, uh, Manchester United. Will they take that seriously? Okay, they're playing fanabache, yeah. Surely they'll be concentrating on the, on the domestic fixture. Yeah. Jose going back to Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I
3: mean, he's going to he's going to prioritise that one, isn't he? Yeah, I would be fascinated to see what kind of tactical game plan he comes up with uh, when he goes to Stamford Bridge. Yeah, the Fenerbahce one is a warm-up, really, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, in the group phase, you can afford to drop the odd point here and there, which they have, haven't mm. they, already? So there's like, I don't think it'll go crazy weak. I think it'll it play a strong-ish side in the Europa League, but ultimately, the focus will be on that Chelsea game. And... You wouldn't put it past him to go there and put out, you know, put in a shutout. It would be trademark Jose. I do think that he's in danger of looking old-fashioned, Jose. I, I really do. When you compare him with Klopp and Conte and the likes, dynamic young coaches, you never quite know what you're going to get with them. Uh, the football they're playing when they're, when they're on a song is great to watch. With Jose, it's a little bit samey. Mm. Is he becoming yesterday's man? I think Jose needs to come up with something... Just to remind people how good a coach he is. And
0: it seems that Conte is almost building from a position of weakness. You know, there were all mm. these rumours last mm. week about you know, him being out the door quite soon. He's now talking confidently about wanting four new players.
2: He's bedding in that new system, the 3 5 2. Mm. What's your view of him, John? Well, to me, that's what it all centres on. Because basically, I do think that Conte is playing hardball, and maybe people are kind of seizing on that. Will he get his wish? Is there a doubt that he'll get his wish? And and maybe that's the thing. I think Conte is a world-class manager. I think the way that he dominated with Juventus was incredibly impressive, and they took Italy to to new heights. But anyone can see that he's not going to be able to perform similar miracles with the current Chelsea squad. He needs, I think, two quality centre-halves. I do think he needs better attacking options, and he arguably needs something else in midfield. He has the players. I think, no. He, hasn't got the he needs a major rebuild. Yeah. I think if he can get top four, mm. that would be a huge achievement yeah, for him. They,
3: they were never going to attract the, the same calibre of players that Chelsea believe they can attract because of the, the fact that they're not in Europe this season, that, that they have to get in the Champions League to attract the quality that they need to, to kick off. OK, final question.
0: Very brief answers. <laughs> Jose, will he win, lose or draw back at the bridge?
2: I think he will have a shutout, and I think it will be—I think it will be a draw, and perhaps even a goalless draw. Park in the bus.
3: Yeah, not a very exciting game. Um, actually, I, I think United could nick this. Uh, it could be a one 0 Well, I'll go for a win for Chelsea and the promise of a new era at the Bridge. Thanks for joining
0: us here on the Football Writers Podcast.